Grace and peace this morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a privilege to be here this morning. The opportunity we have to be together, to fellowship with our great and awesome God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and with one another. I pray that this morning as we are together, that we can grow together in God's love, that we can continue to grow in God's mercy together, as we continue to look to Him in all of our situations in our life. Truly, the battle belongs to the Lord as we just got finished singing. Earlier, we will glorify the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. All of these songs raising us to remember who God is and who is to be glorified in our lives. To help us to remember who we need to run to when we have problems. Who we need to go to when we're dealing with temptation. And who we need to seek forgiveness. And who we need to seek mercy in our lives. Running to our God who deserves all praise, all glory at all time. Now, I don't know if you see on this picture up here, but maybe some of the kids do. There's a little picture of Dory up there. And if you know Dory from Finding Nemo in the very first one, she kept on saying, keep, just keep swimming. I think that's right. Is that right? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Kind of her deal the whole time. And this morning, I just want us to remind ourselves, brothers and sisters in Christ, keep praying. Don't forget the power of prayer. Don't forget the access of prayer that we have. We've talked, I've talked about prayer before. In one, one moment talking about praying and what the Holy Spirit's actions are in our prayer lives. But this morning I want us to think about a couple of things that are very important. But thinking about just some verses that come to my head. Romans 12 two says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, be joyful always, pray continually, pray always, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's good, pleasing will for you. And Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Over and over again, you see the call for us to keep on praying, to keep on looking to the Lord, keep on searching for the Lord each and every day in our lives. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read these verses, we may feel a little bit depressed because we may think, I don't pray enough. I'll never pray that way. And I'll never be able to have that intimate of relationship to pray about anything to my Lord. Well, I want you to know this morning, you can And God loves you. And God desires fellowship with you. God desires that you talk to him and he talks to you through his word and through prayer. And allowing him to work on your hearts through his spirit. God is looking to us, searching for us, and wanting to know our hearts. But this morning I want us to look in two things this morning. For us to remember to keep on praying and not giving up. The very first thing I want us to remember this morning is keep praying even in hard circumstances. And if you open your Bibles with me this morning, Luke chapter 18, we're going to look at some hard circumstances that are happening to this lady who is a widow looking for justice in her life. And in Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 1, we see here through verses 8, I'll read, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should pray, always pray, always pray, see, that's good to remind us, and not give up, he said. In a certain town, there was a large judge, there was a judge who, not, I don't know if he was large, he could be in small, big, you know, middle. I don't know his weight, I just threw that word in there, I guess. He was a judge who, who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. 
But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And the first things I want us to think about here is I want us to put ourselves in the position of this widow woman. And what she's going through and what is going on in her life at this very moment. Obviously, we can tell that from this, her husband passed away. Looking at this statement here, seeing her talk here. And we can see here it doesn't show any relation of any sons being with her, going to the judge. Or any of her children being with her. None of her relatives being there. No servants with her. Just herself going there as a widow. Now, as that widow going to find justice for herself, among all the people who are there, it's going to be hard already. Now, according to the law, especially in the Old Testament, the widows and the orphans were supposed to be heard first. But this unjust judge, who doesn't fear God, and he doesn't care what people think about him, and he doesn't care about the decisions that he makes, what I say goes, and he doesn't care what kind of reaction people are going to have, is saying, we'll put this one off. Now imagine this widow. Perhaps she's going to lose her land. Perhaps somebody wants to take advantage of the opportunity to take everything that she has because her husband passed away and she is looking for justice and she is truly by herself even to the thought that perhaps some people were saying don't bother the judge anymore you've already gone you've already did what you could do and perhaps in her own voice saying maybe i shouldn't go anymore but she continues going Day in, day out, going to that place. Now, as she's going to this place and she's calling out, asking for justice, there could be some people there that she could pay that they had at this time also, that if she paid some of these people, they might be able to get her in line a whole lot faster than others. But now we can understand that she probably doesn't even have any money to even try to do that. And so for her case to ever get heard is almost impossible. It's a circumstance that you would seek at and almost think impossible that this woman will ever be heard. And then if she is heard by the judge, she could be, he can judge however he wants. And perhaps she will not even get justice from the judgment that happens. Now with all of those things against her, what's she do? Well, I'm going home. No. Day in, day out. Maybe today. Maybe today. I'm going to go before this judge. I'm going to ask for justice. I'm going to cry out. Maybe as she's there, she's there in the back saying, grant me justice, grant me justice. And and it looks like it's impossible for her to have justice done for her against her adversary, her enemy, whoever that may be. And for some time, the judge did refuse. But look what he says. Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because she's bothering me, oh man, she's annoying them, right? I will give her not only a judgment, 
But I will give her what? A just judgment. Now the story is here not to go bother everybody. Don't be annoying everybody. But the very perfect part of this is she had to do this day in, day out. No telling how long that this happened before she was able to get justice. It got to the point where the judge said, my goodness, I'm tired. Okay, here you go. Here's the justice you want. Leave me. Stop bothering me. The point of the the parable, the point of what Jesus is saying is not that, but he's saying this in the next part. And he says it to us also. Sorry about my voice. I don't know why it's going. Okay, I didn't yell at anybody in Bible class this morning. For some time he refused, as it says there, but in verse 6 it says, Listen to what the unjust judge says. It will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Jesus' response to all this is, God is not like the unjust judge. He's not like the unjust judge. God hears our prayers. God will judge justly every time. God will judge justly in all that he does. And God will bring about justice for his holy ones. Now, a lot of times when we think this, well, I should be able to pray and it's going to happen just like that. That is not what it's saying here either. Because look what it says. Those who cry out day and night. It means it may be a long process. It means there may be a lot of things going on and a lot of things happening. But in the middle of the circumstance, in the middle of the storm, Lord God, I am not going to stop praying to you. I'm not going to stop talking to you. I'm not going to stop communicating with you. I'm not going to stop fellowshipping with you because now more than ever, I need you, Lord. And I don't care how impossible the situation looks. I can go to you in prayer. We know that Ephesians 3 says God can do more than we ever ask or imagine. Okay, so we need to believe that. But in this verse is here. What is he saying? He's saying that God listens to our prayers. God answers our prayers according to his goodwill. He will answer justly. And what are we supposed to do when we don't see those answers being done day, this day or that day? Two things, keep on praying. And in Romans 12, when it says, love your enemies, it says, pray for your enemies. Do good to your adversary. Until that time comes, make burning coals on their head, not by overcoming evil with evil, but overcoming evil with good. As it says in Romans chapter 12, Lord God, help me, Lord, to not stop praying to you looking to you and having my faith and my confidence in you, Lord, as I come to you in prayer. Lord God, what are the circumstances in my life that seem insurmountable? What are the things that I've prayed for that maybe I think, Lord God, I'm just going to give up on prayer. I'm not going to pray about it anymore. Continue praying to the Lord. Continue searching for him. Continue looking for him and allow him to answer in his good time. Now, his answer might be yes. Maybe no, maybe later, maybe what are you talking about? And it may be because of some other desire that is not of God. And James says, as it says in James chapter four, if we ask with the wrong motives, how can we think to receive anything from our God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? 
But the very fact that Jesus leaves us with the question on this part, he says, when the son of man comes, will he find what? Faith. Will he find faith? Will he find us when Jesus comes back praying, seeking his good, pleasing, perfect will? And you see here, it says that his servants cry out day and night. You see in the book of Revelation, his servants were crying out day and night. Even those who had passed away already. How long, O Lord, until you bring judgment on those? And the God says, I will bring it and I will bring it quickly. And he did. But it wasn't overnight. Perhaps the justice we look, we try to do it our way. But God says, allow me to do it my way. For I am just. And he says, vengeance is mine. It's not yours. Allow the Lord to work in your life. Allow the Lord to be the first person that you run to when you have a hard circumstance in your life. Be it financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, whatever you are going through at this time. Please don't give up praying to our Lord. We see that David didn't give up praying to the Lord. We see that Nehemiah prayed day and night, three days and nights, praying and fasting to the Lord. We see many that live with their lives prostrate to the ground to the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, looking to him also as well. In all of these things, in all of these circumstances, they never forgot to pray. Nehemiah, he thought, oh goodness, I'm going to go before the king. The king's going to ask me. Why am I so downcast? Because if I come in with a downcast face, the king could kill me. Because I got to look like I'm happy. I got to look like I'm fired up. Maybe I'm not so fired up today. Okay? Maybe that's what Nehemiah wants to say. But he has to get up there and he has to try to put on a good face for the king. And as he goes up there, the king can tell something is on his mind. And he says, what is it, Nehemiah? And before Nehemiah says anything, he says, Nehemiah prayed to the Lord. And answered the king. David. When the king said. You need to interpret my dream. Or you will be killed. He asked pray for me. Brothers and sisters. And they prayed for him. And God revealed him the dream. God. When the life of Esther. When she had to go before the king. And she knew going before the king, if he did not extend the scepter to her, he could, she could be put away or she could even die. She says, I will go to the king and if I perish, I perish. But what did she say before that? You and the people of God pray for me. Circumstances of life and death were on their minds. And they prayed to the Lord God Almighty. Lord God Whatever is going on in my life, whatever the hard circumstance is, Lord, may I pray to you and may I ask others to pray to me, just as it says in Ephesians, praying for our brothers day and night. Now, I don't know about you also, but when we think about this awesome God that we have and this mighty God that we have, that can, we can come to in our hard circumstances, in the hard parts of our life, and asking God to continue to be with us, even though the world might look at us and say, who are you to pray to the Lord? Who are you to get whatever you're asking for? Don't be like the, don't, don't, don't be like 
this one person we're going to look at here in a little bit, but look at it in the sense of, Lord God, you are God, and yet you still love me. You still desire a relationship with me. Keep praying when you feel like nothing. When you feel like nothing. You ever felt that way? Who am I? As the Cassie Crown song goes, who am I, Lord? Okay. And the songs that we sing, some say, who am I? Who am I that I should be able to pray to the Lord God Almighty? I am a sinner. I am way off on missing the mark, which means a sinner. And Lord God, how much I desire to do what you want to do and how much I look at myself in the mirror and realize how much further I have to go. I don't even deserve to talk to you, Lord. If you feel that way, keep praying. Keep praying to the Lord. He loves you. He desires you to talk to him in all situations. He even desires, he says, when he, he says, confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed also. Being able to talk to others about things that are going on in our lives. But in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, Jesus had just talked, God finished talking about praying and not, never giving up, even in the hardest of circumstances. Now he's going to be talking about the attitude we have in prayer. And what he's going to be talking about is, it doesn't matter who you are, come to our Lord in humility. Come to him when you feel like nothing. Look what it says in Luke 18, verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up on the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like others, other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Look at this case. Look at this contrast. Look at the man who is the Pharisee, the one that says, looks down on others. Have you ever felt looked down upon? Boy, that's not a good feeling. I don't know, maybe it was in sports, maybe it was in education, or maybe it was something you didn't do so well, and somebody looked down upon you because of that. In Brazil, thankfully, thankfully, most of the people are very kind when you're starting to learn the language, okay? But sometimes you felt like you were looking, being looked down upon, Because here I am trying to speak Portuguese. I'm speaking at the level of a two or three year old. Okay? That's kind of hard. Because they look at you and go, who's this? Okay? And it it gets to you. The supermarket's the scariest place in the world for me when I first went down there. Thankfully, most of them, most people, were very nice to me. But the idea of being looked down upon in some way, some form, some fashion. 
Maybe it's even called what you call bullying bullying in school. Somebody has looked down upon you and made you feel like you are worthless and you are nothing. And that you are absolutely nothing before the eyes of God. That you have no value. That you have no worth in all of these things. I want you to know you have worth in God. You have value in God. This Pharisee, as it says here, he felt worthy. He did all the right things. He went to synagogue. He went to church. He did. He, he prayed. He gave. He did all these wonderful, beautiful things. But yet he forgot what humility is. He felt like he was something. And he was going to say, Lord God, I am something to be looking, reckoned for. Look at me. And everybody here in the temple, look at me. Can you imagine them just looking up there and talking to everybody? Because him and the tax collector are both in the temple. And they're both going up to pray to God. But look at the, the tax collector. He stood at a distance, distance, couldn't even look up to heaven, beat his breast, and it says that he went home justified before God. Look at the words that he says when he's talking to himself. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Man. We're sinners. Maybe we feel like nothing. But you know, the one great thing that I see about this and something that maybe it's overlooked sometimes, because I've overlooked it a whole lot of times looking at this passage reading this passage and thinking about this passage, it's overlooked so many times when we think about it, is that the tax collector, as well as, and I already said it, as the Pharisee, both went up to the temple to pray. So I want you to think about this also. Go up to the temple. Go up to our Lord and pray. Pray to, your, pray to God in his presence, wherever you are. Because Jesus said, well, it doesn't matter what mountain we're going to be on, because we can worship God in spirit and in truth. And we can go to our Father in Christ Jesus, anywhere we are, at any time uh, under this earth, and all these things. But the tax collector did not allow, allow the thought of him being a sinner not to go up to the temple to pray. Now, when he got there, maybe the tax collector started hearing those things the Pharisee was saying. Maybe the tax collector started looking around thinking, well, you know what? Joe and John have all these things together and I don't have it all together. Maybe. But as he goes up to the Lord in prayer there, feeling like nothing, feeling not worthy, it says this about it. I tell you the truth, this man rather than the other went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The very act of prayer is an act of humility. And if we pray thinking otherwise, be careful that we don't get humbled ourselves. But the very act is is humility. And not only that that we want us to think of this morning, but I want us to think and remember that prayer comes with power. James chapter 5, when he talks about it in in the word of God, James chapter 5 verse 13 says, Is any of you in trouble? Let them pray. And he goes on to say in verse 16, Prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Prayer is powerful. He says, Elijah was a man just like us. He earnestly prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years. 
I wonder if somebody's earnestly prayed that it rain every week, okay? As much as we've been getting. But it says earnestly prayed, and then after that, he prayed again, and the rains came back. That was power. Any of you in trouble? Pray. Anybody sorrowful? Pray. Anybody feeling like they're nothing? Pray. Anybody searching for wisdom? Pray. Anybody looking for and searching for the truth of God's word? Pray. Anybody wanting to study God's word and ask God to give him the answer from his word, from his truth? Pray. Pray, pray, pray. For the prayer of a powerful man, a righteous man, is powerful and effective. Not only is it powerful to do what it says it would do, but it's effective. Ooh, wow. Powerful and effective. When we think of our God this morning and what he has done for us and what these, these, these people have done in prayer, looking in prayer to them, looking at this widow woman who said, I'm not going to give up in prayer. Looking at this widow woman who says, I am seeking justice. Looking at our lives, Lord, I'm not going to give up on you, Lord. I'm going to keep on living for you, Lord. I'm going to keep on serving you, Lord. I'm going to keep on searching. I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going to keep on questioning. I'm going to keep on talking to you, Lord. Because no matter what's going on, no matter what's around me that says that I can't talk to you, I can and know that you will answer to your good, pleasing, perfect will. Lord God, help me to remember that. And Lord God, help me to remember that above all, no matter what's going on, that I'm not nothing. I am not wor- uh, I am not worthy, but in your sight I am worthy enough to talk to you in prayer. Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Lord God, thank you. Lord God, help me to have a humble heart to come to you in prayer, asking that your will be done. Can you imagine Jesus when he was in the garden? When he was in the garden, Jesus was in the garden. It says three times he prayed, Lord, take this cup away from me. Lord, take this cup away from me. Lord, take this cup away from me. Three times he prayed. He accepted the Lord's answer. And went to the cross. Lord God, help me to accept your answer. To whatever it is in life. And help me to carry my cross. And help me to look to you each and every day, Lord. Lord God, how much I need you. Lord God, how much I need to seek you. Lord God, how much I need to become like your son, Jesus. When Jesus said, when the disciples said, teach us how to pray. Our father who art in heaven. And as he begins there talking about that. He starts it off, our father who art in heaven. Why? Because we need to remember that we have a dad who cares. A father who loves. We may not have had a father here on this earth that loved us as we should have. But we have a father in heaven who loves us. And he gave his one and only son for each and every one of us. Lord God, help me to accept your will. Help me to pray to you and just keep praying each and every day. And just like Dory said, just keep swimming. She got to hurry end where she was looking for finding Nemo. As we just keep praying and searching for the Lord, we find our reward that's in heaven. Keep praying to him in all circumstances. Live a life of prayer. Live a life of saying, Lord God, I need your help. Lord God, I need you this day. Don't forget ever what Jesus did for you on the cross. He died so that we may have life. 
life eternal. He rose from the dead to give us the hope of life eternal. He rose from the dead to give us the joy of life eternal. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to take care of me. To take care of the sins that I had done, that I had committed. Lord God, is it possible for you to forgive me? Lord God, is it possible to forgive each and every person in this room? Yes, I sent my son. And those who believe in him. Those who are born again of him. Those who receive the spirit of God. Are my children. And as my children, God pleads for us. And just as Paul pleads to us and all the other writers of the Bible plead to us to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, to rejoice always and pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances and to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Let's continue praying for all the Lord's people and for one another. Let Jesus, when he comes onto this earth, if he comes today, if he comes tomorrow, find a people faithful in prayer to him in all things in life. If you have any need, come as we stand and sing this morning. He paid a debt he did not owe. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.